Coming up, the Phillies had another big arm to the bullpen and lost some bats off the bench as well. Is Dave Dombrowski done adding to this roster? We will see. Then we will grade the off seasons for the NL East teams. Where do the Phillies rank in this madness that has been the MLB offseason? Let's find out. Ring it. Welcome, everybody. Ring the Bell Podcast. I'm Chrissy Francesco. Jason Kent, Dean Halzapple is with me. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, and it's crazy because right before we do a show, the day before, the Phillies make a really big offseason move here. Um, kind of odd, however, I mean, we all dig it as far as I know. Uh, the Phillies acquired left-hand reliever Gregory Soda from the Detroit Tigers. Um and they get rid of Nick Matone, outfielder uh, Matt Veerling, and catcher Donnie Sands. Uh, they also got utility infielder Cody Clemens, who is the son of the great Roger Clemens. Uh, boys, how you guys doing? I'm ringing. It's a great it. day. It's a great yeah. week. Very much so. Um, I'm going to start with you, Jay, and then I'll go to, to Dean. Jay, you did, you, did you expect the Phillies to go after another – I, I mean, I, I guess you could say he's still a closer type, uh, but did you expect Gregory Soto a, a deal like that right now? After, especially after getting Kimbrel, not at all. And and there's there wasn't even rumblings about any type of moves. Um, so that's where like I saw a couple tweets about it, and I just wish that's where I sent a message to the group if anybody else had heard anything because I hadn't, and I guess they were close, but. I give kudos to Dombrowski. A lot of the, even the Trey Turner move wasn't really like everybody expected it, but nothing mm. was like here. It, there's not stuff coming out all the time. So Dombrowski's going in and getting this stuff done. Um, I think it, uh, it, it's, it's a huge move because you look at now you have basically six, seven, eight, nine really locked up. Mm-hmm. You have four guys at the back end of that bullpen that are very good players. Two of them have significant – well, Kimbrell's got significant closer time. Soto was a, a closer last year. and We saw what Alvarado and um, Sir Anthony could do. So, man, that really shuts down that bullpen at the end. That that's I think it's a huge move. You can never have too many bullpen arms. And they said I think 80% of the fastballs, 99 miles an hour and over, were from Alvarado and Soto. Um so it gives you some. It gives you a lot of power, lefties at the back end of that bullpen. Um, I think, that, man, what what we looked at two, three years ago when they were, what they broke the record for most blown saves in a season, um, now looks like their biggest strength. Absolutely. And I think we kind of said that a little bit last year, but this year is just I think is is above and beyond what they did last year. Um, so pitching. Um, Man, and I think to me, and I said this to you when it happened. I think to me, this just tells me in the in uh, come trade deadline, Dombrowski is probably going to make another big move with one of the young arms in the in the minors. He's going to go out and make a a Mm -hmm. huge splash come close to the trade deadline. Yeah. How about you, Dean? I really like the move. Um, Like like Jay said, it came completely out of nowhere. Um, I think he was the one that sent us the first piece of news in our group. And then I actually just went on Instagram and it was like five minutes later and the MLB put it up. It was like, yeah, it's official. I was like, wow, that was fast. Um, but he, um, he had a pretty solid year, right? You know, just, just above three, 30 saves, um, for a really bad Detroit Tigers team. So, um, I think he's going to be a great addition to the bullpen here. Um, you know, I, I do, I'm going to stand by my statement. I think it was last week I said it, that I do think Kimbrell's going to be the opening day closer. Um, mm-hmm. You don't sign the number seven closer, no, the number seven saves leader of all time to be, uh, you know, a middle reliever. Like, he's he's mm-hmm. going to at least start the season as the closer, you know, um, as he climbs up that, that all-time saves list. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy um, – is going to be the maybe the, the setup guy. I think you know maybe kind of go with more of an old school style bullpen at least to start the season. Yeah. Obviously, matchups will always be there. You always, mm-hmm. you know, go with the matchups as well. But I think that's if I had to guess, I think that's their plan. I, I don't think, um, I don't think, it, you know, 
it just kind of shifts everybody down, which just makes that bullpen better with Brogdon and Alvarado and uh, mm-hmm. Sir Anthony. But, to give everybody yeah. a little bit of background here on Gregory Soto, he throws pure gas from the left side. Um, he's a high leverage lefty. Uh, he spent the last two years as the Tigers' closer. In 126 games in that time, he saved 48 of them, a 3.34 ERA. He allowed plenty of base runners on both years, walking 74 guys in 124 innings with a 1.36 whip, which in the world of Jason Kent means he's probably one of the worst pitchers in the history of baseball. Um, I just don't like that. And that's the one thing that bothers me is, but, is the whip. Especially with, we've we've seen a lot of this with Alvarado. That's my only issue is Alvarado's had his troubles. So unless he's like he was the second half of last year, mm-hmm. Soto's Soto's whip or yeah, his whip is is a little high for my liking. I'd rather one one for your reliever, probably under one for a reliever. Um, but you can't deny the the slide, the wipeout slider he has, and yeah. when you're throwing gas like that, it, it's yeah. and pretty tough. A really good thing about him is that regardless of that one point three six whip. He has limited home runs, allowing just nine in 126 games. Um, so, you know, obviously some of that can contribute to how, you know, Comerica Park and for the White Sox is a, a pitcher's park. You That's mean the Tigers. I'm sorry, the Tigers Park. I'm sorry. Um, is it still Comerica? I think so, yeah. Oh, like Safeco always be Safeco, Comerico always be Comerico. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I, I still call I still call the White Sox stadium Comiskey. It hasn't been that since the first Comiskey Park that got torn down in 1991. Geez, I, <laughs> I still call um, the Astros Minute Maid Park. So I mean, yeah. I still remember that. Um, I still say I still say Shea Stadium, and that's what you oh call. <laughs> I still I still Field call it Fenway. Yeah, good. That's, thanks. For that's nice, Jay. What what a contribution! <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just end the show right now. Um, but yeah, that's everybody. <laughs> but that's not a luxury he's going to get at CBP. So, um, but a couple other good things about Soto here: he's he turns twenty eight in February, so he's still really young. Uh, this offseason is his first of three years of arbitration eligibility, and he isn't set to become a free agent until after the twenty twenty five season. He made $722,000 last year. However, he's projected the scene increase to the 3 million range this year, which still for a guy that's made the all. Yeah. He's made the all-star again the last two years and you're paying him $3 million. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, so before we get to who they had to get rid of here in the, you know, to exchange to the tigers, I'm a little, I don't want to say concerned, but I'm, I'm, I'm in a state of perplexion here of where what they're going to do with four electric arms now in the eighth and ninth inning here and the seventh eighth and ninth you have alvarado you now have soto you have kimbrell and you have sir anthony at some point one of these guys are probably gonna have to go by july because that's a that's a crowded eight nine arms here um especially with alvarado i mean you got you got two closers in Sir Anthony and Kimbrell. And then now you got Soto and Alvarado, who are basically the same pitcher. One of them has just better one of them has better control in Soto. What do you do here for this whole entire season to get the innings from these guys? I could see them moving Alvarado. That's that's the one that I think yeah. is where they might go. I mean, they they could move Sir Anthony because they do got Brogdon, who is just when he's on, he's on. But oh, yeah. I, I, I think the Soto move is absolutely a potential we may give her to Alvarado during the year. But maybe not. Maybe they look at it. He's a guy that could grow into that closer role because Kimbrough's only going to be here for a year at the moment. So who knows? That that was kind of my thought is Kimbrough's here. He's not here for long. And I think it helps Alvarado because now he's not a guy that has to come in in big pressure situations like last year in, in against Houston, you wouldn't have had to bring him in every time. Like you could bring to Al, what's the, what's the big boy for, I keep forgetting his name for that hit the grand slam off him in the world series, but you wouldn't have to bring Alvarado in every time you can switch it up. Uh, Alvarez. So I think Alvarez. Yeah, there you, mm-hmm. go, you were done. Um, but I think mm-hmm. this is definitely a great move because I, I don't, I don't think they move any of them. I think you bump it's possible. 
I think you bump Alvarado down into a be a little bit of a long relief or, or when you need him. But I think at the end of the day, you now if you get into some of these quote unquote bullpen games and especially with a guy like Ranger pitch Rangers pitching. I mean, I was looking over Walker's number. He's a guy that goes about five innings. It's good that now you have in those close games, you have six, seven, eight, nine ready to come in when you need it. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's I think they stay the way they are. I, I don't think they get rid of any of them. I think you just bump Alvarado to six and then kind of play matchups from there with seven, eight, nine with Kimbrel Soto and yep. Kimbrel. I think that's the, that probably is the best move right now, but yeah, I don't, they don't get a lot of in like five innings. It, I guess that's today's game, but you only get in five innings really from a Ranger. And a, when I looked at Walker, like I said, and then you don't know who the fifth is right now. So it's nice to have a couple more shutdown arms in the back end of that bullpen. Yeah. I mean, as it stands right now, the Phillies remember we also added Matt Stram this offseason. Uh, that's another lefty. Uh, then you, now you have Dominguez, Campbell Soto, Alvarado, Stram. Then you got the righties and Connor Brogdon, Andrew Bellotti will likely claim seven of the bullpen's eight or nine spots, barring injury. So you have to. I, I look at it this way now that the only other pitchers that you could probably add to the bullpen will be lefty Bailey Falter. And Christopher Sanchez, and then you have long relievers with um, Nick Nelson, Sam Coonrod, and then you can, and then I know they have the the prospects, uh, Francisco Morales and Andrew Baker. So, listen, a couple years ago, we're 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 probably talking here in the off season where the Phillies had to add four or five new arms to the bullpen. Now it's like they have a plethora uh, of these arms uh, within the organization. Um, so look. Thank you, Dave Dombrowski, for completely revamping. And like you said, Dean, I mean, Dean's been on the bullpen train for three or four years now. Of try, that. uh, try like five. Yeah, <laughs> maybe even six. Yeah. Um. So, Jay, we're we're a team now that's gone from where our biggest issue, our weakest spot, is the bullpen, where now the Phillies might have on paper. A top five bullpen in baseball? You could definitely argue that with mm-hmm. the back end, especially with if Alvarado is, was what he was the end of last year. And I, I think the big factor is we saw they kind of eased Sir Anthony back in. How, is he a guy that is can stay healthy going forward now? Is he that mm-hmm. if he is that guy, this bullpen is it just got electric stuff and they're gonna be tough to hit. And you love I remember Especially what was it? Oh eight, when we saw Lidge come in, just yep. you know, you know when we're getting here, when we're getting to that bullpen, it's shut down, and there's there's no better feeling than when you know when that starter has to go out, and it's a close game. You there's no better feeling than being like, okay, we got this. Because I remember in into two years ago when they blew all those saves, mm. everybody we like if they blow just if they half of those saves that should have been saves, they are a playoff team. So it's mm-hmm. the difference. Yeah, years JT ago. was shaking his head no when he was bringing in a. Was, I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, that was amazing. But, <clears throat> yeah, now you have you know like when it gets when you're getting there seven eight nine you're not as worried now. It's there, nobody's going to be perfect every time, but now mm-hmm. we know you know if so, if somebody's got isn't on their night, you have three more guys we can roll out. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it's it's a it's a great problem to have. Like I said earlier, I do think that may not be the last move. I do think there'll be a big deadline deal unless this team is really goes and craps the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could see an Alvarado or Sir Anthony mo- get moved to that at a deadline deal mm-hmm. um, with some of the prospects. But I, I really don't think any of them get moved. And it's always better because you never know. You can never account for injury. So the more right. you have in the bullpen is always better. Mm-hmm. Jay, I agree with you. I, I think there is going to be some sort of pitching move. Um, at some point this season, I think, um, you know, they've signed who they can pretty much sign for the most part in this offseason here. And mm-hmm. then I think they'll, there's going to be, there's going to be pitches available on bad teams, you know, like there always is. So I agree with you. I, I think there's something like Dombrowski's probably got a list of guys on some bad teams that he's just going to wait for that to become available this year. I, I totally see it happening. 
Um, the, the, your really offense do. is set. It is like really you're getting Bryce back, and unless there's a big a couple injuries, your offense is really set. And we've mm-hmm. all said like we we know Nola's discrepancies. We know what he is and what he isn't. Out, you know, after Wheeler and Nola, though, you don't really know what Walker is. I really think come deadline, I to me, just everything Dombrowski's done. Um, he's and I've talked to you know many of friends that have uh, you know been in Boston where he's mm-hmm. he's a guy that comes in and he hasn't done that yet. He hasn't made those trades and blown up our our farm system, right? Um, and what the the trades he has made with Ammoniac, he's gotten you know young players back. Mm-hmm. I do think I think uh, both Abel and Painter are are going to be one of them is going to be dealt. Uh, you know, by the deadline, and if it could be a bullpen arm with it, it could be that. But I definitely think um, Dombrowski's—he's done a fantastic job. And like mm-hmm. we start out the show, he he works in silence, so it's much. Yep, he gets it done. Yep. You don't hear anything about it until it's he done. doesn't it's show his cards, crazy. man. He does no. not do it. Um, but you know, look, the Phillies are also trading players who helped them win games last season, and 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 Veerling and Matone. Um, you know, but they are bringing back a. Te- a, a incredibly talented reliever who's in the prime of his career and he's under club control for three years here. So, but the time to kind of talk about the veering and Matone leaving that kind of opens up a, a couple scenarios here. One scenario is it's very clear now that Brandon Marsh is the stay at home every day center fielder. That's not going to change. I'm with that. Right. He can work on his hitting some more. Correct. I have zero issue with that guy in, in, in the outfield. Very, very good center fielder. Um, what it does do now is that's two utility bench pieces that are now gone from the Phillies and a team that needed help in that area. Um, I'll start off with you, Dean. I was going to ask a question at the end of this segment that do we see any more moves coming? I, I, I Again, there's no really big free agents out there. If anything's going to happen, it's probably going to come from the trade market. This is probably the only weakness of the team right now is mm-hmm. who's their utility guys? Who I mean, they got Edmundo Sosa. They just got Corey Clements, but Corey Clements can't hit. Um, yeah. And he's not I like mean, he's, last year was his rookie year. Yeah. You know, and he, I think he hit like majors, 167 yeah. or something yeah. like that. And he's 26. He's not 21. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but who knows? You, you never know. Um mm-hmm. But still, this might be a spot where Dombrowski come spring training has to go out and get somebody to to fill the, this bench spot because Veerling, although wasn't the best hitter, was a very good outfielder. Yeah, and Matone was. showed some some highlights of of having some pretty big hits. Um, yeah, I, Dean, uh, are you worried at all about this this team's utility? Um, not really. Um, I still think, I know we, you have mentioned it before and I think it's going to happen. I think they're going to bring back Andrew McCutcheon. Um, I was actually thinking that. Yeah. I will, because they needed DH, um, because Cassianos is clearly going to be right, right fielder probably mm-hmm. the whole season. Yeah. Um, and you got to figure, you got to prepare to not have Bryce till probably about June, you know, even mm-hmm. if he comes, you know, so I think a guy like, um, McCutcheon would be perfect to kind of just slide in and be the mm-hmm. DH. I mean, I had an all right year last year with Milwaukee. Um, you also have um, Adam Duvall is available too. He's a pretty solid um, mm-hmm. player as well. And uh, AJ Pollock, he's a little older, but he's still like well, Pollock pretty... just signed. Oh, did he really? Last night with the Mariners. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, oh, well, ju- it was very late <laughs> last night. It was very late. Yeah, I think Brian Anderson's still available too. Yep. So they could always bring him in. Um, I know it was still out there. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's a couple of guys they could bring in to, yeah. and, cause they do got to fill that DH role. Yeah. Um, you know, and then of course, maybe you bring a couple of guys up. I don't, I don't, you know, or you, you make some sort of low level trade for some more utility guys. So, yeah. I, you know, Con- Conforto signed with the giants too, Dean. When did that happen? A couple of days ago. Did mm. it really? I didn't even see that. Wow. Wow. Uh, Jay, what about you in terms I of their bench? Him on Twitter. <laughs> 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 He didn't even let me know. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. Um, <laughs> I, so the Veerling one is the one that gets me. Uh, mm-hmm. Mayton, I do think you have uh, – I, I like Sosa. I like mm-hmm. him a lot. And he, he could play any of the three infield positions. Um, and he's definitely – like if he's an everyday shortstop third baseman, he's he's probably in contention for a gold glove. So I'm okay there. 
Um, the feeling hurts because we've we've definitely talked about this outfield uh, many times last year, and mm. he's a guy that definitely you know later in the games was a defensive replacement. Um, mm-hmm. I think now maybe you go to Nick Castellanos and be like, "Yo, how about you play all year the way you do in the playoffs defensively?" <laughs> um, but you, they do have they they're talking about uh, Johan Rojas coming up, staying up. They mm-hmm. did the Rule Five guy they drafted. Um, I was just know his name jake lamb yep not jake so, lamb no J- jake cave jake yes, cave. yes so he's he's an outfielder so and he's a guy that while he's not going to be fantastic he is an outfielder he has gotten quite a few major league at bats mm-hmm. um so he's a guy i don't know how he is defensively but he's a guy that come in um but to me outside of what once bryce gets back i don't see it as big of an issue because you have no four i agree you have your four outfielders mm-hmm. and i do think Derek now comes in too as yeah, well I that think helps big be, so i'm not as worried um with it you you love to see the utility guys i think wasn't that's what worth would really he was not utility but worth kind of played mm-hmm. a little bit here and there in the world series year um so yeah it's good to have the great yeah, he guys rotated yeah. He rotated with, I thought it was Jeff Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah, him no, and Jeff Jenkins. Jenkins. Okay, yeah. yeah. Dobbs um, was uh, infielder, was he? Yeah, Dobbs, yeah, yeah. first base and third. So yeah. it's always good to have those guys that come in and do it. But to mm. me, like, I, if you're telling me you can have a, a, a back-end, high-quality bullpen guy mm-hmm. for, for two utility players – yeah, I take that every day of the weekend and come as it makes it. If one of those guys gets hurt anyway, Veerling's not a guy that's going to come in and save the day. So I'm not as worried about it. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. I just noticed that uh, Jurgensen Propar is still a free agent as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe I doubt that. There's I mean, cheap they, options they, out there, which is good. Yeah. Let's just bring up Justin Crawford. Get him playing early. Yeah. Well, how old is he now? He's 18. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> still 18. <laughs> um, the trade for uh, uh, Soto put the Phillies luxury tax payroll at approximately two hundred and fifty-four million. Uh, the first luxury tax th- uh, luxury tax threshold for twenty twenty-three is two hundred and thirty-three million. The Phillies exceeded it last year and would be subject to a thirty percent tax on all overages this year. If they exceed the tax by more than twenty million, there is a twelve and a half percent surcharge. So teams' luxury tax bills are calculated at the end of the season. So the Phillies will have time. Too, if they don't want to go to luxury tax to make moves during the year. But again, as we've said and projected on this show a few times now, I, I don't think there's any chance that uh, Dom, uh, Dave Dombrowski doesn't upgrade uh, at the trade deadline. I just can't see him not, n- not doing that. I, I, we've said this before, and we'll probably say it all the way through July. It doesn't even matter where this team is. Some, if they're 20, if they're 15 games under 500 at the deadline, guys are getting moved with big names you know a uh, 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 hoskins uh a castellanos guys are going to get moved because there's no way they're going to they're going to pay these dudes all that money if they're if they're having a meltdown of a season if they're where they were last year then yeah i, I agree with both of you guys and i think most of us can probably see they're writing on the wall that the is going to go do something big um most likely uh, a starter which mm-hmm could be something uh they do because we also don't know what's going to happen um with wheeler and nola over the long haul again we saw quote-unquote arm fatigue uh at the end of the playoff run there so that might be something they look into again uh this season so we'll see uh so much to happen between now and july so um all right so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back uh we are going to get into our (laughs) final segment of the evening we are going to grade uh the off seasons of the nl east uh mainly because uh i didn't have a whole lot of uh time over the last couple days to do every single playoff team uh in major league baseball much to the chagrin of one um kent dot jason uh so (laughs) we will uh come back and we will talk uh, about the nl east and how they did this offseason so far and how the Phillies rank against those guys. Uh, so we'll see. But support for the Ring the Bell podcast is brought to you guys by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package 
is the ultimate in the men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men who who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you guys. You get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with this code BASEBALL20 at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 13.99.999 balls, according to uh, Dean Holzapple, who uh, had to throw our man John Cruck under the bus last week. Based on all of that. Um, so let me just kind of break this uh, down for you guys in terms of the performance package 4.0 and man, oh man, it's an absolute game changer inside this package. You'll find their incredible, just earth shattering lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, um, a weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Jason, you tried out. That lawnmower 4.0, very recently, my friend. Uh, how did you? Uh, how did I you will like tell it? you. When I got in, and as all guys will know, you're a little nervous when you're shaving the boys. Mm-hmm. After the first go around, I was amazed at how not afraid I was <laughs> to just to clean it up. I was shocked. I mm-hmm. was, you know, I know y'all don't want to hear about me taking a shower, but I was in the shower, you know, because they said I'm glad to know you're taking showers. I was showered and I was and I I was taking care of the boys and Mm -hmm. no nicks, no scrapes, no nothing, Mm -hmm. just smoothness. And Mm -hmm. I cannot say enough about this product for somebody who's, you know, been as as all guys are. We're all nervous. You don't want to sure. I don't want to rip them apart. (laughs) This did not do that, my friend. Very Uh, smooth, very clean and no fear. Right. The lawnmower the best 4.0. best compliment I could give. Absolutely no fear. Um, we got to get you those T-shirts, that no, those no fear T-shirts from the late 90s. <laughs> uh, this trimmer is a future of grooming, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. It has to be, right? Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4,000K LED light. Uh, it's a... And a spotlight when you turn that sucker on if you need more precise shaves uh shave your balls in the dark i mean it's fun come on and like jay said you don't have to be scared uh because the trimmer is waterproof you could say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor and you thought that was good and you want to take your grooming game even further to the next level the performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer the weed whacker uh, is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls and everything that needs any sort of trimming will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts of their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort in boxers to a whole another level it's time to take care of yourselves boys so go to manscaped.com and get 20 percent off plus free shipping worldwide with our code baseball 20 get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code baseball 20 at manscaped.com again that's 20 percent off and free shipping worldwide wherever you are in the world listening you can get 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com by using our code baseball 20 unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped Welcome back, Ring the Bell Podcast. Uh, let's talk about the NL East, gentlemen, and what occurred uh, with these teams. And let's kind of start with, I guess you can say, with the big one, uh, the team that's still in the news every single day right now, and that's the New York uh, Mets, um, who are doing such a phenomenal job here in January of just metting all over major league baseball. Um, <laughs> and that's the whole situation that's going on with Carlos Correa, uh, Correa. We don't, I can't sit here and say he's a Met. So he will not be, in, he's not included in my off season because he's not a Met yet. Um, however, Correa aside, the Mets had themselves an off season. <laughs> um, so I have right here, their free agent ads were Justin Verlander, uh, Kade Senga, David Robertson, Jose Quintana, Omar uh, Narvi, uh, Narvez. Um, and then they had a, a noteworthy trades. Um, they, I'm sorry, they lost Jacob DeGrom, Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Trevor Williams, um, 
Adam Latavia, uh, uh, Ottavino, Seth Lugo, Trevor May. Uh, they were able to re-sign uh, Brandon Nimmo and Edwin Diaz. A lot of people forget that they were able to lock up Edwin Diaz very early on. Big money there for a closer. Um, right after they got eliminated from the playoffs. It, it think, was almost it? immediately, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so what can you say uh, to, to a team that already had the highest payroll in baseball, uh, they gave $425 million to Justin Verlander, Edwin Diaz, Brandon Nimmo, and Kadai Senga. Um, so, I mean, look, that's not my problem to solve that money issue. But nonetheless, you know, Steve Cohen puts his money where his mouth is big time. And he's, as of right now, on the hook for $315 million on paper. Not official, but $315 million to Carlos Correa. So just add that to, to this roster. You know, Dean, this Mets team doesn't stop. Um, and I, it's really hard to sit here as much as I hate the Mets. They're my least favorite sports team. Uh, it's hard to not give them an A-plus for this offseason, right? Yeah. I mean, just for the fact that they lost the Grom and then immediately added a Hall of Fame pitcher in Justin Berliner, probably the best right-handed pitcher of his generation. Yeah, won the um, Cy Young. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, I mean, and he... Could be the last 300 game winner. In Could history. be, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I, like just the way pitchers they don't they don't pitch the same anymore. So um, he's kind of knocking on that door, and I think he's going to try to pitch to get that 300 win. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, I mean, it's hard to not give him at, at minimum an A, but A plus is really right there, especially if they get Correa. I mean, that's going to be a really really tough team to hurdle over in the division. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, so are you also on that A plus stream there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jay? I'm giving him – I'm going to go A right now. And I think – if Cor- So, Correa doesn't sign. It's a it's an A minus. It's an A plus if he dies. To me, like Dean said, when you lose DeGrom and you replace him – Right now, I know we all say DeGrom's probably better overall at both healthy. But you're replacing him right now with a better pitcher. A mm-hmm. Cy Young guy, 178 last year. What more can you say about mm-hmm. Verlander that we don't hasn't already been said throughout his career? Um, and then Quintana, who kind of had a resurgence last year, if uh, that rotation is going to be is going to be really good, and mm-hmm. that offense, if if they do add Correa, that they're they're going to be tough. And I think that the claps, it's tough to say team claps when you won 101 games, but when you basically blew the division mm-hmm. um, to get that much better, I feel like this year. Yeah. Yeah, they went out and Cohen's going to pay, but it. Hopefully, the best thing that happens is the Mets do the Mets and they Mets again in the season. But uh, yep. the offseason, they definitely won that offseason. I feel that to me. I, I I text you guys earlier when I was going to, when we were prepping for the show. It's like you you I, forget what they did. I looked at, I did I looked at their I was like this is and it's like it's tough because I hate them and I want to give them Fs, but yeah they they definitely won this offseason and mm-hmm. by by far. I don't yeah. think a lot of teams are close. I agree. Um, Just to follow up what I said about Verlander, he's at 244 wins, and he says he wants to play to his 45. So, so he'll get the he'll probably either get. He he's he's 39, 40. I think so, yeah. he's turning 40 soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he'll be, I think he'll be 40 at the beginning of the season. Okay. Or during the season. So, but hey, he wants to be Tom Brady and play to his 45. So we'll see. I mean, he got I Tommy mean, John surgery late, so his arm's brand new. Yeah, I mean, if he. <laughs> If he like just mimics last year's win total, that'll put him at like over, you know, two. He'll be at two sixty two then. Oh, so geez. I mean, he's he's knocking on the door. So now, yeah, now that sure. he's off the Astros, I can cheer for him. But he's on the Mets, so I can kind of <laughs> so, forget about him. You can't cheer for him, bro. Dean. He is on the Mets. I, I don't have a problem um, with the Mets. They're not the team in the division I hate. Um. All right, so let's go to the Atlanta Braves. Um. Look, this is this team is the most puzzling franchise <laughs> I've I've probably have paid attention to in the last 10 years. Um, in back-to-back seasons, they have let go of their two homegrown studs. They've, they let Freddie Freeman walk to L.A. last season. Uh, and then this offseason, they, they didn't do anything really to keep Dansby Swanson. Um, but they, they do... You know, they sign Sean Murphy or they trade for Sean Murphy. Then they give him a really good team friendly deal, a really good catcher. Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, basically Atlanta and that Sean Murphy deal, they gave up three of their top 
prospects to turn a power hitting catcher who was a defensive liability into a power hitting catcher who won a gold glove in 2021. It might be worth it, though. I mean, Atlanta also traded a pair of prospects for Joe Jimenez, um, who figures to factor into the setup role uh, for that team. Um, I think their starting pitching is, is pretty good. Um, you know, they, they, they have some, some really solid arms there. But this offseason, I mean, God, they lost Kenley Jensen, Dansby Swanson, Adam Duvall, Robbie Grossman, uh, Darren O'Day. Um, I I cannot give the Braves anything higher than a C for this offseason. And we'll sit here and come and I'll and I'll I'm not ripping them, but the fact that they're able to do what they do every year and not sign those those superstar contracts, and then they go out and they win a hundred games, and they're so good offensively and defensively, and their pitching ends up being really good. I don't know how they keep doing it, but whatever, whoever they have in that organization, it just continues to work. But I don't know for how much longer this is going to do it. Um, but this offseason where the Braves had a chance to get better, I feel like they kind of got a little worse. Um, Jay, I'll start with you. What did you think of, of the Braves offseason? So I gave him a C plus. Okay. It's about the same. I think adding uh, the Sean Murphy deal, uh, it, it's, it's such a when you look at the way the Braves have been running, it's such a Braves thing. They got him and locked him up. They they've and like but like you said, they've they've let the last two years. They let two of their you know Freeman's probably the face of the Braves for for you know as long as I can remember. Swanson that you know even though he was drafted by Arizona, he came up through their system, and you you thought they would try to resign him if they weren't going after anyone else, but they didn't. Um, but it's a team that. After they lost Freeman, they they went on to, to get better. They didn't win the World Series, but record wise, they they won 101 games this year. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm giving them a, a C plus, I, I don't think that's indicative of the team. It's just you know they they're not a they're not a team that's going to spend. Right. They're going to sign them early. It seems like they're signing their kids early, and you know they have a lot of these kids locked up. You know, we sent the thing. Riley got a deal that was a very, very team. We looked at it like, okay, it's a great team deal. And then Devers went out and got a hundred million more. And they're basically, when you look at everything, they're the same player. Mm-hmm. Um, so they know what they're doing. Um, so I don't think a C plus is is a bad thing. I just think that's the way the Braves are in the offseason. They're not a team that's going to throw around a lot of money to sign players. They're very good. They always, I feel like they always have been bringing up guys and drafting guys and signing signing their players and, and keeping them there for the long haul as as we've seen throughout basically you know they don't have the world series to really show for it but from the 90s till now they've always been a team that have had kids come through the pipeline and play great ball for them so mm-hmm. no i agree um how about you dean um you're not I'm a brave guy so no i was thinking about it no they're a pretty well-run organization oh yeah um so, I mean, this is what they do. You know, they went, it was 15 straight years winning the division title. I think they went to three World Series in that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, twice, was it twice against the Yankees and once against the Twins, I think? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, or no, did they beat the, no, the Marlins beat the Indians? Right, whatever. Um, but this is what they do. Like, like you guys have said, they bring up incredible talent and then they, just let them walk because they, they feel like they don't need to pay that extreme amount of money, you know? Um, but I also give them a C. I don't think you can, you know, let your starting shortstop go like Danzy Swanson and not really add anybody to the team. You know, you lose your closer a couple other guys as well and expect to get a good grade. I think um, I'm sure yeah. we'll get proven wrong with them winning a hundred games this year. Of course, yeah. division. So, um, but on paper, I will give them a C because they just – I was shocked that they let – I'm shocked Freeman and Dansby go back-to-back years. Like I'm just, I know. Two, two guys who wanted to stay probably would have taken a discount. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I was just going to ghost them. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's By the way, the, what they did. the Braves beat the uh, Indians in 95. 95? Yeah, because I remember that because the, uh, the Indians beat the Mariners in the uh, ALCS uh, – and the Braves won in 95. So, yeah, I think they won in six games. Yeah, six games. So, um, all right. Now let's go to our next team here. 
Um, did I lose you guys? You there? May have lost you all there. Um, okay, so we're going to go to our next team, and it's the Phillies. No. All right. Well, that was fun. <laughs> I don't know what the last thing uh, – the last thing I heard was uh, was uh, 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 Dean talking about was it the Indians in 95. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you pretty much missed nothing. So okay. No, yeah, we went on oh. to figure out what we were yeah. doing. <laughs> I was I kept talking. <laughs> I was like, oh, no one's moving. Chris, you pulled the jaw. Oh, did I? <laughs> For a second, I thought it was like awkward silence. I was gonna say yeah. something that Dean was like, Yeah, he's gone. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, you just stopped and then, and I looked I looked up and you were just like staring at me, and I was like, I think he's gone. <laughs> and, uh, Oh yeah, Dean, anyway. uh, Dean and I know all about that way too much sometimes. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's go to the Phillies. Um, I mean, we know how massive of an offseason this was. Trey Turner, Taiwan Walker, Matt Stram, Gregory Soto just coming over. Um, they lost uh, Noah Syndergaard. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Kyle Gibson, David Robertson, Corey Knebel, Zach Eflin, Brad Hand, Gene Segura. So a lot of names coming off that board there for the Phillies. Um, but look, man, massive offseason for this Phillies team. Um, look, they they barely snuck into the playoffs in 2022. We know that. They're a wild card, but they caught fire, did what they were supposed to do all season, which was smash the baseball and pitch very well. Uh, they get to the World Series within two wins of winning it. Um, they're still likely going to be projected to finish behind the Mets in Atlanta and the NL East, but I certainly would not want to be a starting pitcher uh, tasked with going up against this lineup and their, the first seven hitters that they have here. Um, look, I, I still think the Phillies need to go out and go get an, an inexpensive starting pitcher. Um, I, I know Syndergaard wasn't logical because he ended up getting probably more than what the Phillies were able to probably pay him. Um, he only got like 10 mil. Yeah, I feel like they want and somebody good. cheaper um, than that. I, and I don't probably. know how they're going to do it, but maybe younger as well, like somebody who probably throws a little harder, maybe even a lefty. And they can um, control. I think that if they make a control clear, would be big control, too. I think that's what they're going to look at yeah. in deadline if they do a move like that. Yeah, I mean, look, and the Phillies wasted no time this offseason. They went out and they got exactly who they wanted. They got Turner. Um, And look, I, with everything that's been going on, I cannot give them anything less than an A. I'm not going to say A+. Because, I mean, looking at what the Mets did, that's an A-plus offseason. But I think the Phillies did exactly what we wanted them to do. Um, whether it was the names or just the upgrades at the positions that were in need. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give the Phillies an A. And, um, you know, I'm not being a homer. I, I honestly think they have had a legitimate A offseason. Um, Jay, what do you think? So I gave the Mets an A, so I can't give the Phillies an A. I give them a B. I mm-hmm. do. I would have liked to see them get. And I know it's not really feasible, but with the three, you know, you had the two big pitchers in Verlander and DeGrom and Rodon was out there. You would have loved to see, because I think that that's the Phillies' biggest weakness. Even last season, their biggest weakness really was you don't really have a third starter. I I think Walker's good, Mm -hmm. but is he the level those other guys know? Um, So that's where I'm at. I I think Trey Turner's a tremendous move. and it make it lets stop play every day. So mm-hmm. right now, once Harper comes back, like you said, your your one through seven are phenomenal. There's not much like there's really nobody, you know, when Reese isn't playing, you know, there's not really anybody outside of him that you can't you, you're not gonna walk anybody. They're not gonna do it this year. You can't right. say here's the weakness. Um, mm-hmm. even if you try to play matchups, it's a tough team to play matchups with just because they all hit really well. Yep. Um but I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of an upgrade to the starters because that's Walker's not bad, but I don't think he's, he's a guy that's, he's not a DeGrom and he's not a Verlander. Um, well, I mean, and we, they're the only two of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But to me, when I look at what the, what the Mets did, mm-hmm. I think the Mets really, they went above and beyond and, and 
to do that, you have to spend money. And I don't think would I have wanted to spend that kind of money? Probably not, because it does hurt you. And if you don't, if you don't win when you do that, we've seen the Dodgers do this year in year out. Spend, 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 and they have one World Series to show for it. Right. Um, so it doesn't necessarily winning the offseason more than a lot means, of other teams, though. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but if, winning the offseason, the Dodgers, means, they probably had expectations of at least two or three by now. Yeah, oh, of course. Absolutely. Right. So. And, and and to you know, if it's not a COVID season, do the Dodgers win? For like, you know, Kershaw's probably not healthy. That that right, you know, the whole right. somebody had to win. <laughs> but <laughs> but like, so the winning the offseason to me, a, a B's not bad. I think Turner was the key offensive because you knew Judge was really going to sign with, um, resign with the Yanks. So to me, mm-hmm. Turner was the guy everybody's really kind of courting, uh, and he chose us. So to me, that that gives him the B. The other moves are great. I just don't think they had as good as an offseason as the Mets, and that's where I'm going with the big. Well, that's what I said. I mean, I, I can't put them above the Mets. I mean, the Mets, Even, the Mets replaced I, a MVP pitcher with a Hall of Fame Cy Young pitcher. I mean, that right there puts you above almost anybody. But I think the gap between both of the signings, between their signings, I think the gap, especially if Correa signs, I think the gap between the Phillies and what the, and what the Mets did – is very significant. Well, especially if they do add Correa. If they yeah, add Correa, think, it's like it's the, the the rating is is above anything you could ever. It's near yeah. perfect, really. Yeah. And they got the the top the top international guy too. Yeah. So like they so to me, well, we'll what never they see did that. is just yeah, they'll, ne- they'll never we'll never see that headline coming to Philly. So, <laughs> but but Abi's not bad, and Turner comes in, he fills a great role. He definitely is is going to help the offense, but they, yeah. Like we said, we, we need more starting pitching. I oh yeah, I agree. Um, and we're coming to that point. I mean, they have again. We we I, I'm historically known for not caring significantly about prospects. However, it's been a long time since the Phillies have had two stud pitching prospects where they're not just highly touted within Philly; they're highly touted around Major League Baseball. Um, so that's something that the Phillies. Look, the Braves do it. Other teams do it. The Astros have done it. I mean, why can't the Phillies finally, you know, have pitchers come up from their system who are studs? I mean, mm-hmm. look, got it. Mean, at some point, you can't just say, "Well, who cares about?" Pro-? I mean, I'm, I'm historically again known for this, and I'm, I'm kind of backtracking I'm, on I'm that. I'm the same, honestly. At this point, man, it's the blueprint now for baseball to get a lot of your homegrown guys up there along with established stars. And that's where baseball is going um, mm-hmm. and where it's been. The Astros started that. Um, so I, I think the Phillies are in this position where they've built a pitching staff that uh, complements the idea or the plan to bring up two young prospect pitchers to see what they got in low leverage situations. I mean, if you throw Painter or Abel at that four or five hole, it's not a high leverage that so you're not an ace. You're not a number two and you're not even a number three. So come in, throw 75 to a hundred innings and see what you got. And you know, what can, I mean, you're nothing you can lose. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we'll see that in spring training. We'll see some of these guys throw. Um, and that'll be a fun story for the off season. Um, so yeah, I, I can't give them anything less than an A and I can't give them anything more than an A right now. Dean. Um. I'm I'm somewhere between a B plus and an A minus. Um, I I, I kind of feel like an A minus might be too much, but a B plus might be too little. I, I don't know. Like I can't really pick one mm-hmm. um, because they you know they got Turner, so yeah. they obviously they took another step forward with the mm-hmm. offense. Um, and I I do think they have significantly upgraded the entire pitching staff from what it was last year. We brought in really good relievers to fill some holes. I think Walker is, I mean, he's an upgrade over Eflin and Gibson. Easily, For sure. Easily. Um, you know, and um, I would, you know, I, you know, I mean, at the state of what Syndergaard is, you know, we're still coming back off of Tommy John, mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that, trying to reinvent his pitch, you know, his arm. Yeah. He's an upgrade over Syndergaard as well. So I think the Walker signing is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it easily, you would have to say, makes us a playoff team. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't imagine us at least, you know, not in the playoffs again. Mm-hmm. This time, not waiting till like the last series of the season to 
get in. But right. Um, I just like Jay said, I feel like they went all in with Turner, and then it was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make our pitching staff better, but it's still not going to compete with the with the big boys of the league. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, so that's why I was saying to you guys last year, and even just in text, like I'd be okay keeping Gene if they brought in. Like if they went to Justin Verlander and like just just like what do you want? Mm-hmm. Here's a blank check. You know what I mean? Like because I think a guy like Verlander takes your pitching staff to the next level. I think we marginally improved the pitching staff. Um, and then again, who knows? Mm-hmm. Walker could come in and win 20 games this year. You know what I mean? So you know Nola could. I mean, as much as I rip him, Nola totally could dial in this year. Of course, be, be back to that guy he was. You know, about four years ago when he was mm-hmm. that, that uh, the Cy Young conversation. So, yeah, or, or last year in the Cy Young conversation. That that wasn't real. Stop. Yeah, could you, come on. Could you? Could, could you? Leave. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would give them. I guess I'll give him a a minus. Yeah, I think that was the best way to put it, Dean. Though a B plus, A minus, somewhere they're not yeah. an A, but they're not they're not a B. They're I, I think that's perfect. So in terms of ranking between the Mets and and the Phillies, because they're the, really the only people in the division that made any loud noises. Mm. Do you would you probably say if you're grading each move now? I'm just going to go to one. Would you pretty much say in terms of importance to the team to their respective teams? Verlander and Turner are a wash. No, I think Verlander is a bit more significant signing. Okay. Yeah, I do too. Okay. I do too. I do too because, um, I mean, the Mets don't really have any holes. We still do have question marks at first base and right field. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what Nick Cassianos we're going to get next year. That's true. And Reese is one of the most unreliable hitters I've ever seen. And he can a be- completely unreliable fielder. Yeah, he's an awful first baseman. I, yeah. I mean, I mean all disrespect with that. Um, I, you know, but I mean, listen, he can be hot as hell. And oh yeah, crushing home runs mm-hmm. like he did in the NLCS, mm-hmm. and then he could not hit the ball once like he did in the World Series. So that's why, like we, so we have still have a match. Like, and they got Pete Alonso at first base. So I mean, like, you know, um, can't really compare there. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I do think while the Turner move is phenomenal um and it fills a massive hole in the lineup and defensively mm-hmm. the the verlander signing by the mets is just like next level signing you know it's just like one seven eight yeah, yeah. Right. it's otherworldly like, that he was even a free agent the yeah. fact that he he'd won two world series with the astros it was like nah i'm leaving like he just bounced <laughs> he didn't even care like i thought he was gonna stay the rest of his career in houston but he didn't even yeah. care it, yeah, it's wild. And uh, we're not really going to go over the Marlins and the, the Nats. Well, the Nats, they did nothing. They are completely yeah. rebuilding that franchise uh, from literal, the, the ground, like from dirt level up. It's uh, insane. And they I won, love they watching them They won a World Series fail. three years ago. I know. And they, they literally, the day after the World Series, they were like, and just nuked it. <laughs> um, it's like they hoisted that trophy. And Dom, like, Dominic Smith is a huge is a huge signing though. Yeah, he's massive. You know what? I hate the Nationals. They're probably the team I hate the most in baseball. Mm-hmm. So I just couldn't happen to a better team. I'm I glad agree. they're back to where they were. And uh, when they moved to DC and had those ugly uniforms that had Washington across the front, yeah. and they it's also an awful stadium. It is. It's so boring and bland. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and the Marlins are in a perpetual state of rebuilding. So it's, it's nothing. I mean, they did sign Gene Segura. I mean, they're they're they. If you go to their social media, and good for him, and good for him. Yeah, I'm very happy for him for Segura. Yeah. And but if you go to the Marlins social media, they are <laughs> acting like they just signed Mike Trout. It's like it's like got somebody who people might know outside of our hey. ace pitcher. But uh, yeah. So but, bad, you, like, I kind of feel bad for that franchise though. Like you think of where not feel bad, but you think of where they were five years ago, mm-hmm. and, and where like Jeter came yeah, in and blew him up and then left, and then <laughs> yeah, it, it is like they had such Ridiculous. you thought okay in, in three four years this team is going to be you had Ozuna, Yelich, Stan, yeah. DD, no no um yeah D Gordon the the Francisco no what's his name what's the pitcher's name the guy that the one that died, died. yeah. 
Fernandez. Fernandez. Ooh. Jose Fernandez. Jose like Fernandez. They, yeah. They were they were built, and they as were. soon as Fernandez went down, they said, "Okay, everybody left." Yep. They, yeah. That team. I thought they were going to be a team to be reckoned with for a while. Mm. Feel bad nope. for the fans, not the team. The no, second they. That's not how the Marlins do things. They're rec- they're a, they're a team to be reckoned with for like yeah. the second half of the season yeah. when they and then win a World Series and then that's it. Yeah. They're allergic to competition, so it's yeah. it's just I don't <laughs> understand that that frame. They build that massive massive stadium and they fill it with a team that's going to win. <laughs> Didn't games. they tell everybody to? That's the year they signed everybody. Like, it? yo, we're going to sign everybody. They, they there's, like 100, there's like a hundred people in <laughs> but the stadium. They got, they <laughs> got the, they were paying to had tax dollars pay for that stadium and then said, mm-hmm. we're shipping out everybody. Oh, everybody. So yeah. bad. Uh, the stadium. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, they got that cool Marlin in the outfield though. That's true. They took yeah. that, they took that down. Did they? I guess they don't have yeah. it no more. <laughs> Derek Jeter the was like, oh, well, I'm shipping that out of here along with Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. So that that wraps up um, our topics for this week. But I just want to quickly give everybody an update after some formal discussions after last week's episode. Um, beginning in March, like I said, we're going to be making the trek over to YouTube uh, the week before. We are going to be. Uh, debuting on YouTube the week before opening day. That will be where we basically introduce ourselves all over again. Uh, And then we're going to give our, basically our preseason predictions and our preseason predictions in terms of um, where the Phillies are going to finish, what's going to happen, who's going to be their team MVP, um, who's going to be the most disappointing player of the year, the most surprising, and all those kind of, you know, preview things that go on with preview shows for a baseball team that will be our debut episode on YouTube right before uh, opening day hits major league baseball. Um, Also to give a quick update for the time being, um, this will be a one show podcast once a week. Uh, We will not be uh, rolling out our second show for at least a couple months. Um, We want the complete focus and energy to be on this one show on Sunday and that's covering the Phillies weekly. Uh, so for the time being, uh, I know I, we've talked in the past couple shows here about what the plan was, um, you know, in the, in the words of the great Dave Meltzer plans change, pal. Uh, and it's not, not going to work for me, brother. It's not going to look the second show just didn't work for me, brother. Um, I stroked this fake Fu Manchu and I said, yeah, that that's that weekly show, that weekday show ain't happening, brother. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be a one show pod starting in the uh, uh, once we kick off on YouTube, this, everything's gonna stay the same. So what what are we right now? Just oh, I mean, so what <laughs> we are we right we're now? One show pod yeah. too. Yeah, yeah he, well, he uh, was like, he's like, Caesar, we're gonna be a one show pod starting when we go to YouTube. It's like, oh, okay, what what's this? So, and then also, the only time you will drop a second episode during the week is if something big happens with the Phillies. We'll definitely you know come in and do something like that. Once the postseason starts, again, I know we're projecting far, but I just want to let everybody know, once the postseason begins, it will be a daily podcast. We will release content every day. Um, so that's going to be something. Confronted about this. <laughs> <laughs> Dean's rates just went up. Um, so, yeah, once the playoffs kick in. Week, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we're, we're very much looking forward to what's ahead. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, uh, if you guys need to take care of that undercarriage of yours, all you gentlemen out there, head over to manscaped.com right now. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code baseball20. Again, manscaped.com. Get that lawnmower, man. Take care of yourself. It's 2023. Make yourself look good, feel good, smell good. Manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping worldwide with our code baseball 20 head over to SeatGeek right now seatgeek.com $20 off your very first ticket purchase using our code on the bump check that out sorry get over there you want to go to a concert it's concert season in like three months every day there's somebody new performing some stadium show somewhere around the country seatgeek.com use our code on the bump $20 off your first ticket purchase trust me that $20 goes a long way when you're purchasing tickets online um Hey, if you want to go to WrestleMania in April, SeatGeek.com. Use our code. Help you out a little bit. Um, All right, guys. I want to thank you so much for joining us this week. 
We're excited for, for next week's show. Uh, we'll let you all know on, on Instagram what's happening for next week. Uh, we're going to get into some really cool Phillies topics over the next few weeks um, because just to remind everybody, we are about a month and seven days before pitchers and catchers report um, down in Florida. Like February 14th, Valentine's Day this year, there will be baseball in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, just wild to think about. Um, all right. RTB baseball on Instagram. Uh, pretty soon we're going to be making a Facebook group page. So if you guys, we'll let you guys know that you can join that. That'll be show updates. We can throw Q and A's up there, poll questions to get you guys involved. So excited to be doing that. Uh, we'll let you all know when that launches. I'm Chrissy Francesco. That's Jason Kent. Uh, and that's Dean Holes Apple. We hope you guys have a great, great week ahead. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great rest of your week, guys. Bye-bye.